I'm Hannah. I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Means Forever. The podcast. This is the podcast that talks about all the new things that are old and all the old things that are new. And should old acquaintance be forgot, you probably got too drunk. We're talking about all of your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix, and other things. And today is a Netflixer. Yeah, we're we're dipping back into the Netflix well. I think this is two weeks in a row. Oh, you are so right. Yeah. What different holidays. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's. I feel like this is appropriate because it's like almost New Year's, but not quite. Um, and Christmas is over, but like the season sort of isn't, it's cause this movie, it dropped on November 5th, which feels crazy early to me. <laughs> and I think it was like Netflix being like, this counts as Christmas, right? Except there's like genuinely no Christmas in it. It's a New yeah. Year's movie. Yeah, well, they have Christmas trees, but um, well, because it's Christmas the day in... after Christmas. Yeah, right. It starts on Boxing Day. But and... my question is, Hannah, what movie are we watching? <laughs> so we are talking about uh, the Netflix movie Midnight at the Magnolia. Um, Do you know what I th- I think of every time you mention this movie? What time is it? Why it must be midnight at the Oasis. <laughs> Uh, So this is the uh, synopsis according to Netflix. Longtime friends and local radio hosts, Maggie and Jack, fake it as a couple for their families and listeners in the hopes of getting their show syndicated. Stars Natalie Hall and Evan Williams. Evan Williams was my grandfather's favorite bourbon. All right, so Maggie and Jack, played by Natalie Hall and Evan Williams, respectively, are best friends. And like the bestest friends that you could ever possibly be between a man and a woman from childhood. Um, yes, they're, um, they've been best friends forever. Their dads own a jazz club uh, called the Magnolia. They've owned it together. So they are two separate families, but they are family related. They say that. Uh, Type A Maggie and Slacker Jack have a well-respected local Chicago radio show where they gab about their lives and they give advice. On Boxing Day, they admit on their show that the people they are currently dating, Hunter and Serena, are not invited to meet their families at their annual post-Christmas dinner, which is not awkward at all. (laughs) Right. It's like... I won't introduce this person to my family, but I will introduce them, sort of, to the world. (laughs) Yeah, and also say I'm not quite sure about them on public radio. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we'll get into it. We'll save it, we'll save it. Uh, So on December 27th, so following day, Maggie and Jack get an offer to maybe get syndicated on satellite radio, I think. I think that's what it's for. It's a little unclear. Yeah. Um, Which seems like a good career move for them. Again, I don't really know. I don't, I do not understand how radio 
works as career. That part is just just me. I don't get it. It's fine. I but like podcasts radio. are where it's at. <laughs> um, so Maggie and Jack will be tested like on the market. They're going to do shows or whatever up yeah. through New Year's culminating in a New Year's Eve live show where they'll, they pull a stunt and introduce Hunter and Serena to their families. But because life, both Hunter and Serena each respectively dump Maggie and Jack that very same evening. So what are Jack and Maggie to do? Dun, dun, dun. Well, it's Jack's brilliant idea to pretend that they are together and announce their love at the Magnolia New Year's Eve party um, where they're going to be doing the live show. Uh, The Magnolia wasn't doing so well for like New Year's tickets. And they're like, let's have this live thing at our dad's place. Good idea. Um, So they need to tell some people about them being together, um, but they make the decision to play it off as a real thing and not like a lie. So it's authentic. Um, So they inform their producer and satellite radio guy, but accidentally also tip off Jack's parents, which means that now Maggie's dad knows too, and because they think it's real, everybody is, like, beyond thrilled, which is a bit guilt-inducing for Jack and Maggie. Right, especially when they have to, or when her dad opens his, like, very expensive bottle of wine. Yes. Um, So things are going pretty well, in this ruse, um, it's it's working both professionally and personally for Jack and Maggie. Um, and Maggie has been, like, hardcore suppressing a real crush on Jack since high school. Um, so she's sort of starting to feel like their charade is real. Um, and while Jack is, like, a fun-time great friend, he does take her a bit for granted, and she's starting to realize that so she's like simultaneously like acknowledging her love and being like he's not the best person ever (laughs) yeah um so when jack doesn't show up on time for her annual watch of it's a wonderful life on december 30th the anniversary of her mother's death it's a weird movie to watch on the anniversary of your mother's death but whatever um Maggie is just crushed completely. Yeah. And so um, why was Jack late to this ritual with Maggie? Well, because he lost track of time, bad boy, talking to Bianca, who is incidentally the same girl that he took to prom over Maggie way back in the day, which was the original inciting incident to why Maggie's heart was crushed because they were supposed to go to prom together, but then he took Bianca. Um, But it turns out that Bianca actually broke up with Jack all those years ago because she realized that Jack, way down deep inside, was also in love with Maggie. So even if he didn't realize it, Bianca could could tell. So there you go. Um, And Jack, meanwhile, is bowled over by this news that, A, that's why she broke up with him, and wow, Maggie's in love with me? (laughs) And I think also a little bit of, like, Wait, I'm in love with Maggie? <laughs> oh, my God. I love Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Maggie continues to be pissed up through uh, the beginning of the New Year's Eve party. Um, and 
but they have this plan to go through with their ruse and pretend. Mm. Um, but then Jack brings Bianca as a friend, because he has figured out his shit, to the party. But Maggie just sees the, like, he brought Bianca again. And she can't handle it. And she decides to come clean on stage in front of everybody, because of course she does. Um, and she admits that she and Jack are, A, not together. But B, she's truly in love with him. Um, but before she can storm off, Jack stops her with a song he wrote, and he admits that he loves her, too. So right at midnight, like you do, they've cleared the air and figured out that they want to be together. Yay! So they have a midnight kiss, and since... One kiss means forever! We know that despite their terrible track record with relationships and possibly communicating their love for each other all of these years, this one is sure to work. <laughs> and we have an epilogue one year later. Jack and Maggie are sledding on presumably New Year's Eve because they do say anniversary. Um, and when they get to the top of this little dinky hill, uh, there's a basket with the same kind of really expensive wine and some goodies I think like cheese and crackers kind of goodies um and Jack proposes all cute so you know we were right this relationship will survive um and you know I have to say they're all prepped for COVID time since they already work and presumably live together so (laughs) these people are never apart (laughs) Hooray! 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 So. Oh my God. Hannah, (laughs) I did the thing where I wrote so much down and did not even pare it down for this episode. So. Okay. That's okay. But the first thing I want to say is Marvista! Yay! Produced this. Our faves. Marvista. I don't know why I just called Marvista a she, but that feels right. Sure. Yeah. For women of women. Yes. Mar Vista. All right. Um, I tried to pare it down. I did okay. Um, Great. We start this movie with Jack and Maggie waking up, going about their routines, which is how we know that she's type A and he's a slacker. And I am so confused with time. This movie and time is just bonkers because first of all it's a morning show that they have correct yeah it's called windy city wake up yeah why doesn't it start at four like every other morning show ever there is no way that he can have his alarm set for seven fifteen. it's so late for a morning show it's like his morning show starts at like 8 30 or 9 <laughs> I'm like, that. no. <laughs> Maybe it's more like a commute show, but they should not name it like, I don't know. But the, the commute show, with... like, I, I, this is pulling out of my ass a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that, like, the, like, morning is generally, like, 4 to 10. That's, like, a shift on radio. Yeah. And, like, if they're only doing an hour show a day, 
then they don't need to do it live. I mean, I think we we already talked about we don't know how radio works. <laughs> um, so I don't. I, I think. I mean, I think you're right, but I think if that's the only thing that bothers you in this movie, then that's great. <laughs> well, it's more of my like. Huh. I just like time is such a weird thing in this movie because I'm pretty sure the entire movie, or I, I am a hundred percent sure the entire movie takes place over the span of five days. Yeah, it, they, they're they actually pretty clear about that. Right. But they consistently are able to do more than that. Like, like if you're giving me the five-day setup, they basically have something every single night, and they never get a break, but also they have time to go do other things and they go to work because they don't have this time off in between. At yeah, all. I feel like there's been um there were there were a lot of moments in this movie where well, okay, I'm gonna agree with you because there's the scene where Jack doesn't come to see the movie. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful life. It's like seven o'clock. So she's like, come over at seven. He gets distracted by Bianca. He goes, oh crap, Bianca, what time is it? And she's like, 7.45. And he's like, I gotta go. I have somewhere to be. He gets there. It's probably like, I'm gonna give him 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops to get to her house. She's in her pajamas, ready for bed. I have this exact same note. (laughs) It's only about... Like an hour late, they would have been watching the movie anyway. But then, because it's a really heated conversation, she decides that she needs some daddy time. So she calls her dad and doesn't talk to him on the phone because she's in her pajamas. No, no, no. She gets dressed again and then goes to the Magnolia to have like cocoa or something with her dad. So, like, it's probably not all that late, but then she's to get dressed again. So, A, is her bedtime 8 or is it not 8 o'clock? <laughs> right, because she doesn't have to be up at 4. She doesn't have right. to be up till 7. <laughs> I know. So, like, for those reasons, I think that, yeah, I think the concept of time, I think the concept of hours is weird for this movie. I think I'm going to give them props for mapping out the days even though I have to knock them down points because they never talk about how December 28th is a day that they're functioning and they really should give that day the best accolades and celebrations. That might have been the slutting day. I really thought just now you said the slutty day. <laughs> the, sl- the slutty slutting day. <laughs> Which was fun. I'll give them that. Um. Okay. So, but... Continually with time, there are more issues that I have. So they go to the party um, that the satellite guy is hosting, which I assume is at night. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like it's at night. Um, So they go to this party. Let's. Just, I'm going to be really reasonable and say it starts at, like, 8. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they only, they don't stay for very long. So it's, like, what, 10? But then they decide that they're hungry and they want to go to the Magnolia. 
but the Magnolia seems to be closed. There's nobody there. Like, they go in and they, like, cook in the kitchen themselves, which I guess is something they do. Yeah, I guess. So either the Magnolia does very, like, is closed at bad times, which is why it's doing badly. Like, <laughs> it should be open until, like, 2 a.m. Or, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. at least, you know. Or it's after that, so it's at least after 2 in the morning. I, I don't, I can't. I can conceive of a time of a way where like this bar closes at two and not four. I think Chicago allows four, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I was I was like, okay, maybe it's just after two, which is an insane time to be like, you know what I want? Hawaiian pizza. Oh, I always want Hawaiian pizza. I don't think I want Hawaiian pizza. Well, I, I mean, I don't want Hawaiian pizza, but um, oh, I don't want the ham part though. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't mind pineapple on pizza, but um, I, I don't really want that at two in the morning. Oh, really? I don't. No, I don't. I don't really want food at two in the morning. Then they walk home from that, which sounds reasonable, except there are like people out and about when they're walking home. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> It's like, so what time is it? I don't understand. <laughs> so, like, there's, it's it's a shame because, okay, so there's a lot about this movie just in a logistical sense that doesn't make sense about, like, just how people work, how people, how time works, or, I mean, we're talking about that literally right now, but just, and, like, just how, how actual life works. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. So, like, there's just a couple little things that I want to mention that just quickly about that that I think make me mad because I like this movie. I like this movie, mm-hmm. ultimately, but it's like, did you not, could you not think about this? So, like, A, I was, I was skeptical that Serena existed as a character because <laughs> right. we, we see, never meet Serena. We never meet Serena, so they couldn't afford to hire the actress or something. Um, my next thing is... When Bianca first runs into Jack again, she's like, oh, my God, Jack, hi, yeah, I've moved back. I listen to your show all the time. And so they start talking. And then I know it's supposed to get them into the in the conversation of Maggie. She goes, so how's Maggie? Her mother died, right? Or something like that. Like, was something Bianca said. So, A, if Bianca's listening to the show. She knows this. Why she got to ask about Maggie? She doesn't. And also, if you're talking about a person you knew in high school, is the first thing you're going to say, didn't her mom die? That sucks. And that means you're a terrible person. So. Yeah. Like, that's like the, the, the sort of the biggest thing about this movie Of the bad, of the what the fuck moments. It's just really dumb stuff that could have been easily fixed. But then when you really think about it, like all the concepts of time, when you really think about it, it was an easy fix. And so why were you that lazy? Right. Like, it it does feel lazy, specifically. Yeah. Is it a script thing? Is it an editing thing? Were there things cut about this movie that, like, I mean, that all of that is possible, but it just bugs me a lot. Yeah. I'm, I am with you. Similarly, like, so they go, they do this whole thing about the 
1967 Chateau Baptiste wine. I did yeah. some research. I don't think this is a real wine, but based on like what it seems like, like based on the look of the bottle in 1967, blah, 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 I would put this wine at about five to eight hundred dollars a bottle. So like it's pricey wine. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like, like the, I don't not believe that, that he would have been saving this and like he, you know, it's a big deal to open the thing. But then right at the end, he also got that for the proposal? Like, where'd he get this wine? <laughs> you know, I didn't notice that until you said that it that happened. I didn't notice that that was the same wine. It's the same wine. I think I was just ready for the movie to be done. <laughs> and I just was thinking, like, so I don't even hate the idea that he spent five to $800 on wine for his proposal. It's dumb, but I don't, like... You know, that's more of a personal choice yeah. for me of, like, what a waste of money. But I don't find it implausible. But I've, However, what, he didn't have to buy a ring, Hannah. True. True. So maybe that's the ring money. You buy a nice bottle of wine, some nosh. But then why was it such a big deal to open it if you just have disposable income like this that you can <laughs> open up really expensive bottles of wine periodically? Like, if it's oh, a well, yearly it a kind big, of thing. But it was a big deal for his parents to open it, not him. Right, but then they should have given that bottle of wine to to her dad. Of like, yeah. we got engaged and we got you this present. Maybe we didn't know that the family was hiding behind the gazebo. <laughs> I don't think it was a gazebo. It was like a, a metal or a stone archway. It was weird. Wasn't it a gazebo? Was it a gazebo? I don't think it was a gazebo. I, I mean, thought I it was like on the it ground. Can't not be a gazebo. <laughs> Drink. I, How many times I mean, did you I, say gazebo? I thought it was like sort of like it purposely put there so it doesn't quite work. But my brain went, oh, Stonehenge. Oh. I might just be like misremembering <laughs> what the scene looked like, even though I just watched this. Yeah, that's it's fine. It's been. A hell of a year, Hannah. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> right. Uh, it's going to die in a few days. Thank the freaking Lord. Yay! Happy New Era. Huh. Let's hope. <sighs> um, Knock on wood. <laughs> there's one thing I want to say about the story and okay. one thing I want to say about the performances. Okay. So the thing that I want to say about the story is I find it really hard to believe that two people, one of whom is in love with the other, can be this close without having a moment of any kind since high school. Like when Harry, like when Harry met Sally, didn't know each other their whole life, you know? Right. And so they still have this whole like dancing around each other, but they didn't grow up together. But when you grow up together, you either, like, quickly get over the fact that you ever had a thing for them, or you don't. But mm -hmm. if you grow up together, your dads are like family, and you've chosen to work together in a creative pursuit. Like, how can you not come to terms with that at some point? It's sort of baffling that they, 
like it's I I kept coming up with things for this movie. Like I, at one point I called it guilt trip the movie. I also think it's repression the movie. Uh. <laughs> like they, they like I kind of get like wanting to suppress that that badly. But for it to really be like, oh, is that what I've been doing this whole time? I do love you and I'm physically attracted to you feels weird. Like, yeah. And it looked weird because the googly eyes that both of them give each other the entire time and the fact that they're physically affectionate with each other. Yeah. You would think that they would make a mistake. I literally wrote, I am really surprised they haven't gotten drunk and made out with each other already. Yeah. Like, that is how I get all of my husbands. (laughs) And (laughs) my one. But, like, um, I, uh, but I I do feel like, I feel like it's very strange that none, like, they haven't talked about it, especially getting into work together. They haven't fucked up already in some sort of way. Right. And it's, I'm surprised that none of the parents prior to this, we ever got the line of, like, I always I always thought you guys would end up together. That doesn't happen until after the fact. Yeah, right, until they announce that they will, or or they they fake announce that they'll yeah. be together. But still, like. Against the trope. But I, I agree with you that it's stupid and it's unbelievable. Right. It just makes, it makes for a script where most of the script is them knowing everything about the other and we get to then know it too Mm -hmm. yeah like oh my favorite coffee you know about it now like like that's literally like most of the script Mm -hmm. and it was really annoying right my other thing about okay so my point about performances is i'm really bummed that jack is so cute but he feels like he has to be such a goofball in, like, almost, like, an annoying way. And not in, like, the way that it's supposed to be kind of annoying, but you like him anyway. It, it was just, like, really chewing the scenery annoying. Okay. I have a question for you because oh. uh, this is how I felt about it. And I wonder if it read the same way to you. I didn't mind the goofballiness, but it did make the final sincere, like, I do love you moment read untrue to me it was like yeah no like because (laughs) it really bugged me that that is how they had to manifest their friendship was this really hammy kind of put on I I I don't even even like besides the word hammy I don't even know how to describe it because other than that they had really good chemistry yeah I agree Hallmark Hallmarks? Hallmark Hallmarks. All right. Um, so my first one was that we have a, a type A and a fly-by-the-seat-of-their-pants couple. You know. Yep. Opposites attract. Best friends slash just friends. Uh, I have, we've got to save the jazz club. <laughs> jazz club. That was exactly my next one, too. <laughs> Um, even though I said it before, the parents do eventually say, we always thought you two would end up together. Yeah. Uh, my version of that was the sister who said, well, you've always been in love <laughs> or something like you've always loved him or whatever. So annoying. Um, we've talked about it 
sort of ad nauseum at this point, but magic time. Magic time. <laughs> um, he is suppressing his true talent. Mm. Um, which is we, music. And we have a sledding montage specifically on a toboggan, <laughs> which I don't think has ever come up, but Hallmark people only ride toboggans. <laughs> And I don't know that I've ever come across a toboggan IRL. <laughs> All the sleds we had when I was a kid were made of plastic. <laughs> I didn't know what the difference was. <laughs> Little Arizona girl. <laughs> That's amazing. And now I want a toboggan. I've never tobogganed. I've only sled. Um, I have that they have... It's not, the word is not inappropriate, so maybe you can help me with the word, but inappropriate dance time. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so what I mean by this is they're at a party and nobody else is dancing, but they decide that now they should be dancing. Center of attention dance time? Yeah. Not unwarranted dance time. <laughs> um, there is an interrupted kiss. Sure is. An old flame comes back into the picture. And the, I don't want to be with you because if I am with you, then I might lose you thought process. <laughs> <laughs> um, singing a song to win their heart. Mm -hmm. um, what I, in my notes, called misconstrued and misunderstood, which is just, Multiple scenes of them hearing or seeing the other person and deciding not to delve any deeper and completely misunderstanding and taking away the wrong message. <laughs> Lack of communication yes. all around. Um, I'm already at one year later. That was my next one and last one, too. But my last oh. one is saying their full fucking name when they propose. <laughs> First, middle, and last. As if they didn't know who they were already. That is true. Assholes. <laughs> anyway, that's a pet peeve of mine if you're a first-time listener. And I'm sorry for all of my swearing. Eh, whatever. New year, new me. <laughs> no, keep it up. Keep up the swears. We like swears. <laughs> pretty um, parade. Pretty parade. So, um, this movie didn't bother me drastically in one way or the other, but I don't have any specific pretty parades, but I do have antis. I have two pretty parades okay. and an anti, which I wonder if it's the same one. Okay. Well, why don't you do your pretties? Um, so I think that the black cocktail dress that she wears to that party is like the perfect little black dress. It looks great on her. It's got like a wide open top. It's got not quite a keyhole back, but it does. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's the, everything I've ever looked for in a little black dress and I want it. And I also think that she was, um, later on, she was wearing this velvety magenta top to work that I just thought was a really pretty color. Oh, yeah. And just, I liked that shirt. It, uh, we haven't really seen a shirt like that since, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. But it I, was, like, still classy. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I went through that phase, for sure. I wish it was still a phase, because I loved that phase. It worked for me at the time. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your anti- her Hello Country Music Award hair at New Year's Eve. <laughs> okay. That is also one of my antis. 
Yes, you're completely right. It's I like that terrible. I liked your description because I called it weird, maybe fifties inspired. <laughs> oh, I didn't even tell you the whole part. It was Hello Country Music Awards, the Jackie O edition. Oh, okay. It was my full. <laughs> That's title. actually very real. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> it's terrible. It sort of reminds me of Dark Helmet. Helmet? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just sort of like away from her head in the weirdest way. It defies gravity. <laughs> I think she has an animal or a gun hiding in it. And yeah, it's, it is definitely the kind of thing where I'm like, why would anybody love you with that hair? <laughs> I mean, which is a shame because the rest of her looks great. I mean, the gold dress is fine. Natalie Hall is a beautiful woman, and I love her. But, like, if that's the last look and the most important look of the movie, who did she make mad? Like, I don't... (laughs) Natalie, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's real bad. My other anti is less of an anti in our traditional sense, but I feel like it needs to be addressed because it upsets me, is in that final slutting proposal scene, her boots are fucking heeled, and how dare she go slutting in heeled boots? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Like, I think they're actually pretty cute as pieces of footwear, but they are incorrect. You did wrong. Sorry about <laughs> it. Um, okay. Did you have any across the universes? Uh, not specifically, no. Okay, yeah, me neither. Um, but there is a... Really unreal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we have our really unreal. Uh, Natalie Hall played Candy Coco on Unreal. She was a stripper on that show, which is super awesome considering the other Hallmark things that she's done. I have to say, Natalie Hall is the perfect made-for-TV romance actress to me. I agree. She's just, she's got the right look. She's got the right, like, energy. She buys into it. I enjoy her, just Mm -hmm. generally. She's got the right amount of sass and sweetness. Yeah. All right. Uh, new and noteworthy. I have a couple. Okay. I have one as well. Okay. Um, I think it's new and noteworthy that it starts very specifically the day after Christmas. hmm I thought it was new and noteworthy because you don't often see the dad giving the blessing and the ring to the person. That's true. To the guy. Usually, like, they give it to the girl or, or something. Like, you just don't really see that relationship. Um, And my final one is there during that same scene, Jack is visibly shivering. (laughs) And I don't know if it's because of his emotions, but I think it's because it's fucking cold outside. And (laughs) (laughs) which means they're filming in winter and they didn't dress them properly considering it's supposed to be Chicago in winter, which is cold. Um, So my new and noteworthy, I'm, I'm not sure if I truly consider it new and noteworthy because they actually do do this in a Hallmark movie. Um, 
which if we ever do that Hallmark movie, I'll go into more because it's 100% new and noteworthy, but I think about it a lot for these movies. Um, and it is the fact that a fake relationship discusses maybe their first kiss not being the forced one. Huh. Like, they're like, maybe we should practice so that our first kiss is not, you know, the one in front of people, which I think is really sane. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, everyone needs a rehearsal, right? Right. Well, because so what I always think of is in the movie Snow Bride, when they're oh. putting on their fake relationship, she kind of like ninja kisses him. Maybe not ninja, but like it, it she's like. She kisses him, and he's like, what was that? And she's like, we're, da- we're fake dating at Christmas. We're definitely going to be trapped under mistletoe. If that was our first kiss, people would know. And That's really cute. It's sort of like, well, of course they would. Like, yeah, it, you should not have your first kiss as a, like, you should just do it, and then it's not as weird later. And I always think of that. And I feel like they were very close to that, and they had the, the same idea. Um but you don't see that very often. That's a good one, Hannah. Good job. That I feel like that's also an across the universe in yeah, sort, a, a sort of way. Mm. I feel and like a trope. Yeah. Good job. Did you have any supporting shoutouts? No. Me either. Kiss, Kiss meter. meter. Did they need the rehearsal, Hannah? Not really. I gave it a nine. Their first kiss. Really. I thought. I'll. I'll tell you why. I, do I think it is good enough? No. I think it was setting appropriate. In that, it was a very good, we're in front of a fucking bunch of people and live streaming kiss. Fair. I do not think it lived up to a, we've been wanting to do this for 15 years, secretly, kiss. Yes. Because they should have been swallowing each other whole. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I I am agreeing with you, but I'm rating it very different. Okay. Because the way this kiss is shot, they're kind of far away at mm-hmm. first. Like, like, point of view of someone on, like from the audience watching on stage. And then while the kiss is happening, they go to a close-up of them. Sort of point of view of stage manager backstage. <laughs> peeking through the curtain um so so the difference is I agree that it was setting appropriate that they weren't eating each other's faces off I found it quite lovely but a bit tame Mm -hmm. um so I gave it a seven okay but the close-up was kind of lippy and awkward and not Mm. at all cute so I gave it a five okay that's fair I I think I feel like we're on we agree we just completely rated on different things. I think we did. <laughs> and I can't tell you why. Yeah. The, did you rate the proposal kiss? Or? I did not rate the okay. proposal kiss. I kind of was over it by then, I think. That, that's fair. Because I, I did. I said it was, uh, I gave it an eight. I thought it was cute. Again, pretty setting appropriate in a lot of ways. But it was too short. And I realized that it's not the kind of kiss I wanted. Uh, And I really wanted a, like, ever after reunion proposal kiss. 
I was like, that's the kiss I wanted, where it's like lots of little pecks, because I'm so excited. Beautiful. And it wasn't that. <laughs> uh, so, so, Hannah. Katie, oh. would, you, <laughs> would you watch this movie? Would you suggest others watch this movie? Um, you know, okay, yes. Uh, yes, sure. To me, it was slightly better, cinematically speaking, than most of our Vista movies. Like, it was prettier to watch um, in terms of quality. In terms of story, it's your average Mar Vista. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty run-of-the-mill, whatever. I'm going to say that it's not terrible. It's not going to ruin your soul. But I am still disappointed because I love Natalie Hall. And this is just not indicative of her best work. Considering that it's so... It's on Netflix. Yeah. So it's so, like, it's great for her. But I wish something else was on there in that sort of way. I get that. How I- about you, Hannah? I'm so torn about this movie, and I realized that I made you watch this one because I was like, ooh, it's like New Year's. <laughs> this will this fits thematically with the time of year this podcast is dropping. <laughs> um, so I feel like in a lot of ways, this movie does exactly what it tells you it's going to do. It, you know, it's exactly what you expect it to be, and I find that to be a positive, you know, like, that that's that's what I want out of these movies. Yeah. So there's a time and a place for it. But there's a lot of cringy moments for me in like public declaration and public just a lot of public. So I feel like even alone in my apartment, I was like covering my eyes, being yeah, like, I don't like I- it. I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> Same Z's, same. I, I agree that you, you know, you're not gonna like be upset and like feel like you your soul has died. But it, it's not as fun of a watch as I think I would want it to be. And not enough jazz, considering it takes place in a jazz club. Yes, but also I was really concerned that we were gonna la la land it and like white savior jazz, and I'm glad we. Sort of didn't go there. Oh, yeah. That, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. All right. Well, All thanks, right. guys. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy I hope, New let's, Year. Let, let's hope 2021 wipes 2020 from our memory banks. Oh, that sounds good. Like, let's just not have had 2020. Um, 2020's canceled. Yeah. And... Uh, so make sure that you uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram where one kiss means forever. One and four are numerical. Uh, we are tweeting uh, when there are live homeworks, uh, which I think are like coming up. So yeah. I don't know. I didn't look at the like post-Christmas schedule yet. So. I do what Hannah tells me. <laughs> um, we'll be doing that. There's a great community up on Twitter. So those are super fun. And if you're still stuck at home, which you probably are, um, which you should be, let's face it, like those are really fun to live tweet and read the tweets. Sometimes, often, the tweets are more fun than the movie. I don't always <laughs> know that you need to be watching the movie while reading the tweets. So, 
recommend. Um, if you want to email us about any sort of thing, you can email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com, and that's all spelled out. And make sure that you rate and review us on your podcast app of choice, but most specifically Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, rather. And... Thank you, as always, to Flute Pastures for our intro-outro music. You can find his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And, yeah, stay safe. I resolve to keep doing this podcast. I do, too. We are going to stay here for you. Keep going. Oh, we forgot to say we're going back to twice a month. Yeah, uh, so Christmas is over. We're going to go give ourselves a mental break. Um... And we're going to do every other week as we do throughout most of the year. So so don't be worried when you don't get a podcast every Thursday. Yeah. It's fine. It's normal. <laughs> but if you are worried, you know how to get a hold of us. Yeah, you can ask. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.